Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day today, and you guys are staying strong and healthy as you do every single day, and you know where to get a hold of us if you need anything at all, healthmasters.com. I saw a lot of people taking advantage overnight of the product of the week. You voted, and it won the Magnesium Brain Food, the one and only. Helps significantly with cognitive health, helps with stress management, sleep quality, healthy mood. Product's incredible. It's been a top seller for years. It tastes great, works great, and it's on sale right now for over 15% off its product of the week. So be sure to take advantage of that right now while it's on this short sale, and also vote for what you want to see win next week as well as product of the week. And the vitamin C with antioxidants, on sale as well with the 12 days coupon for 24 hours. That's one, two D A Y S. That's the coupon code to plug in to get 10% off the vitamin C with antioxidants as our top selling vitamin C formula with quercetin bioflavonoids and other antioxidants, really, really effective formula that works great to stack the immune system up higher and higher and be able to keep the body strong and resilient, especially during this winter months where you see so many people now getting sick a lot of it, in my opinion, people taking all these crazy injections now this fall, which doesn't make any sense to me why some people continually keep getting injected with this nonsense. I saw earlier he was talking about how the White House has confirmed another 230,000 additional RSV immunization doses for infants next month, even though there's low death rate from RSV and concerns about the actual vaccine, considering it was, again, one of these rushed emergency authorization vaccines that suddenly got approved by the FDA. White House is buying up another 230,000 doses of the RSV vaccine. They said on Wednesday, the administration officials met with manufacturers of RSV immunization including Sanofi and AstraZeneca and their partners. They discussed the need for manufacturers to work quickly to meet demand for dose availability through the commercial market this viral season. At the urging of the administration, manufacturers confirmed they will make an additional 230,000 RSV immunizations for infants in January. What's crazy about this is, you guys remember, the CDC came out and recommended the RSV immunization essentially starting right at birth now. And they continually recommended all the way up until 18 through the shot schedule. This entire shot schedule that the CDC put together for children and teenagers has been probably one of the most profitable money-making scams we've ever witnessed with a pharmaceutical company because you had in 1986, as you guys know, the Vaccine Protection Act, Manufacture Act, which essentially Reagan signed, which prevented vaccine manufacturers from pretty much being held liable whatsoever for these shots for the most part. I mean, like zero liability associated. doesn't matter if the shot works. doesn't matter if it doesn't work. doesn't matter if it's deadly. doesn't matter if it's toxic. They're pretty much immune for the most part. And then on top of that, you had the CDC, which came in and started building this recommended shot schedule that was standard care by all pediatricians to try to force these children at a very young age to continually get all these shots over and over and over and over again. And I've talked about this in detail, so I'm not going to go into it again right now because you guys already know how it's all played out and why we're starting to see such a massive uptick in autoimmune disorders and autism and health problems and immune system problems, it's rampant now. And now this RSV immunization, again, we're spending more billions of dollars essentially by the administration to make sure that all these pediatricians have more and more shots to push on these children. That is why 
It is so crucial. If you do have kids, you do take them to a pediatrician, you really need to be vocal and understand what you're signing off on and what you're agreeing to with your children. You know, I find it ironic sometimes. You know, you'll talk to somebody about, you know, when they buy a vehicle or they buy a house. And, you know, they're doing their due diligence and they have attorney look over the paperwork and they have all these different aspects that they're constantly researching and making sure everything's legal and legit. They're not getting scammed. And, you know, most people a lot of times they do that. And yet you have these people that will spend more time researching a vehicle, a car, a piece of metal that they're going to buy than they do what's actually being injected into their young children at the doctor's office. And that's just a simple fact of life. And quite frankly, isn't that sad? I mean, wouldn't you want to do the most amount of research for your child? Wouldn't you want to make sure you are making the best informed decision? Not telling you what to do, not telling you how to raise the kids, not telling you what you, you know, right or wrong, whatever you want to do. What I'm saying is do your own research and come to your own conclusion. But when you start having pediatricians and doctors, they're financially incentivized to push these shots to push these essentially this whole roster of shots from the CDC, don't you think you might want to do some research to make sure that there's not any ill intent with what they're promoting? Just my two cents on it. Thought I would throw that out there. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting as well. The increase of severe obesity is now on the rise among children, specifically among two to four-year-olds in the United States. They said the rates of severe obesity among children has risen between 2016 and 2020, reversing an earlier decline trend according to a new study. The study published in the American Academy of Pediatrics on December 18th examined the prevalence of severe obesity among 16.6 million children ages 2 to 4 who are enrolled in the Special Supplementation Nutrition Program. And essentially, researchers found that the prevalence of severe obesity significantly decreased between 2010 and 2016, dropping from 2.1% of those children to 1.8%. However, severe obesity has now increased back up to over 2% again by 2020 and is now on the rise. They said they found that girls had a slightly higher prevalence of severe obesity compared to boys, and the prevalence of severe obesity rose with age with the highest incident found among four-year-olds. This is constantly rolling back to the aspect of what parents are feeding their children. Now, they're saying here that a lot of these kids or these families were involved essentially in the special supplement nutrition program, which means they're more lower income and they're essentially getting, you know, some of the WIC and some of the food subsidies. However, they don't have to be all spent on garbage. That's what a lot of people don't realize. They incentivize you to go buy Pringles and Oreos and soda when you go buy these things, but they're not restricted on all of that. You can still buy decent food. You can buy quality food, and you can still feed your kids decent even with some of these food plants if somebody needs to be on them. And the difference about it is it goes back to exactly what I just said earlier is that a lot of parents are not doing their own research, and you're starting to see these kids now. And I've seen it a lot now. I mean you go out in public and you see these four, five, six-year-old kids, and I mean they're morbidly obese. And they're sitting there eating plates and plates and plates of food, you know, buffets and all these other restaurants. And then while they're sitting there being unbelievably inactive, swiping on their iPad or swiping on their parents' phone, that's another aspect of what's contributed to this. The food is obviously very tainted from what we've seen now over the years with all the different chemicals. But another aspect of it is the inability for these children to actually do anything anymore and get exercise and be active. Video games are becoming a way of life for a lot of these young children. It's just, that's their escape. It's their outlet. That's all they do they get back from school they sit in the room for hours or they go play on the ipad or they go watch youtube or they watch you know movies whatever they play on their phone this again is creating a generation of extremely lazy inactive individuals which is not only going to cause a problem with obesity and body weight index 
It's also going to cause a problem with cardiovascular issues, with endurance, with the ability for these children to actually be active and be supportive and be defensive if they need to be so when they get older, if they have to protect their family or their country or their friends not going to be able to do it. You know, I mean, you get a kid that's, you know, seven, eight, nine years old and he's 150 pounds. He's morbidly obese. He's not going to be able to do much of anything. He's going to have numerous health problems the rest of his life. And so again, this is why it's so important to make sure you encourage your children to be active, to continually be doing things outside, getting fresh air, getting sunlight, working out if it is so to be, or a sport, something to keep them active and also making sure you're maintaining a healthy diet and staying away from a lot of the high fructose corn syrup, which is one of the biggest contributing factors to this, and also the food coloring and other refined foods. Pretty much, I always tell everybody, the shorter the ingredient list on something when you read it, the better it usually is. So do your research on that and continue to keep raising healthy Americans. What do you think, Dad? What's your first story? Well, you know, what's interesting, Austin, is that kids, you know, are not going to the grocery store and buying the junk food. The parents are bringing it home to them. And, and I remember years ago, we had a family member, and I'm not going to mention any names, and they basically had a situation in which they were, how should I say this, they they had a child who was like five years old, and they basically did not know how to feed the child. And by the time the child was eight years old, the child ended up becoming about 20 to 30 pounds overweight. And I remember Sharon and I mentioned to them, I said, well, you know, this is what I do for a living. We could probably help as far as the child. And the mother who was Costa Rican got unbelievably angry and said that, you know, I don't need any help raising my child. Now, that's the problem that you run into when you start giving people advice concerning their children. A lot of time, especially the mama bear, the mama bear gets mad. And the mama bear basically said, I don't need any help. Well, then the, then the father basically said, you know, we don't have to be concerned about that. You know, he'll get taller when he gets older. And he'll grow out of the weight. And I said, well, it's going to really affect his self-esteem, like Austin said. And by the time he was 12 years old, this child ended up being about 100 pounds overweight. He became morbidly obese and started hanging out with the theater production team and the goth kids and all the other crazy kids and all the kids that basically were, you know, suffering from low self-esteem and who were trying to, you know, do things like cut themselves and wear spikes and all, all the crazy stuff. And he got involved with all that. And I tried again to get involved. And, of course, I got castigated again that they don't need any help raising their child. And I said, OK, I'm done. Well, about 10 years later, they came to me, and the child was uh, had lost all the weight. He's in his 20s, 20s now, but he was, you know, covered in tattoos, and I mean, really, you know, satanic tattoos. I mean, I mean, when I say covered, he wasn't a, he didn't have a tattoo. He was tattooed. You know, he had, you know, purple hair, green hair, you know, mohawk. I mean, it was crazy. And before it was over with, he ended up dying of a heroin overdose. I'm making a long story really short. And you think, well, wait a minute, Ted, just because you don't feed a kid, doesn't he's going to die of a heroin overdose. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But what Austin was talking about is correct. When a child is morbidly obese when they're young, it directly affects them as far as their attitudes when they can't do certain things or can't be certain things or can't swim or can't, you know, whatever they want to do. They can't do the things that the other kids are doing. They can't run. They can't do pull-ups. They can't do any of that. Now, when I was a child, you know, way back when, you know, kids were basically forced to take PE, physical education. They don't really have that. It's kind of elective with people now. And so they don't have to be exposed to a lot of that damaging behavior as far as affecting their self-esteem because they can't participate. Okay, so let me just stop for a second. Do I believe they should have physical education in school still required? Yes, I do. Uh, yeah, I do. I really do. Because what happened with me, because I had a mother who was working, my parents were divorced. I was kind of forced to eat, the, eat make my own meals. And I became overweight when I was in about fifth, sixth grade. 
But I learned very quickly that I didn't want to be like that. I started working out with weights, and I learned very quickly how to stay in shape. I did within a few years. So I learned how to get past that. Now, do all kids have the ability to get past that? No, they don't. Some kids will end up hanging out with the wrong kids and doing the wrong things and making the wrong choices, and they can end up, end up you know, dying from either some type of health problem because they picked the wrong kids to hang out with. They die from a drug overdose. Seen it all. Getting through life and getting through childhood and getting through adolescence is frustrating and difficult at best. It really is for most people. Now, sometimes you have these kids, they basically shine all the way through high school and they have the ability just to continue just to grow and develop or they peak in high school and their lives go downhill after high school. I've seen that, too. So the key here is this, and that's all we can do. We've got to make the best choices for our children when they're young, where they can't make their own choices. That's really, really, really important. And if we make the best choices we can, then we're not going to be accountable for what they choose as they get older. Can't be because they're making their own choices now as an adult. The Bible says it this way, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. I know all my kids, you know, eat, try to eat clean. They all try to work out. And they've all learned it's just something that's going to have to be part of their life. That's how I tried to raise them. Now, some of them do better than others, period. Now, also, we have to talk about something for a second, too. You know, as you get older, your metabolism changes. As you get older, your metabolism slows down. You'll see the first click of that when you turn about 30. Things start to change a little bit. You have to be a little bit more careful with your weight, a little bit more careful with what you're doing, a little bit more careful with your health, a little bit more careful with your food choices. It really clicks hard at the age of 40. At 40, it's like somebody just walks up to your metabolism, hits the off switch, and you start putting on weight. Whether you want to put on weight or not, with guys, you start having diminished testosterone, diminished HGH you know, hormones. All these different hormones start to change. Some people call it male menopause. You start having a transition of body fat. You start increasing body fat. With women, the same thing. You're getting past your fertile years. Now you're getting past the hormonal changes throughout the month. Now all of a sudden, you start putting on belly fat. This is the point right here for both men and women where they've got to realize that empty calories don't work, such as alcohol, which decreased the production of an enzyme called lipase. We've talked about that many times on the show. And that lipase allows your body to store fat if you don't produce it, and it burns fat if you produce it. So you start drinking that glass of wine every day or that beer every day, suddenly start getting a beer gut or a wine gut. And it goes on and on and on until you finally realize this is not what I want. This is not okay. And so if you catch it right there and stop it and start eating clean, I remember Sharon told me when she turned 40, she goes, you don't have a choice anymore. I have to work out. And she did. And she stayed in great shape. The reality is that if you don't catch it and you don't stay in great shape, it becomes more difficult if you gain 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, 150, 200 pounds to come back together again and get your life back together from a health standpoint. And you start having all these age-related and obesity-related diseases like heart disease, diabetes, cancer, joint problems, arthritis. All of this stuff piles back on top of you. So stay on top of it every single day of your life and just be careful with it. You don't have to be obsessed with it. Just pay attention to it and realize you have to eat clean. Now, I'm going to also red pill you right now about vegetable oils. I've talked to you about this before, and I want to talk to you about this. This is really, really, really important. There are certain oils that you really need to stay away from, and here's why. On these omega-6 oils, they basically these – are, these are oils like you know canola oil, soybean oil, corn oil. They, they require a really hard chemical extraction process. You know, you're looking at canola oil, rice bran oil, corn oil, safflower oil, cottonseed oil, soy oil, and sunflower oil. These are bad, 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 bad oils. 
and people don't understand that when they're younger and they don't realize this omega-6 portion of them is unbelievably toxic. Plus, they require unnatural extraction process, unlike coconut oil or olive oil, which can be or, uh, you know, even through uh, even uh, avocado oil, which can be extracted through pressing. These seed oils have to go through unnatural methods for extraction. They undergo processes involving high heat and chemical solvents like petroleum, leading to oxidation, the formation of trans fats, even before they reach your kitchen. It's become a modern dietary addiction. Industrial seed oils, especially the canola oil, are also a recent addition to our diet, exploding in consumption from virtually zero in the early 1900s to about 70 pounds per year per person a day. I'm going to repeat that. The average person is eating 70 pounds of these types of oils per person per day, primarily because they're eating and cooking them with them, and they're eating them in restaurants when they go out. That's why I say to you guys, it's absolutely critical when you go out into a restaurant, you ask what their oil, what their vegetables are cooked in, what their what their like the other day, a couple of years ago, I remember I went to a a, a restaurant. It was a, it was a Weston over in, over in uh, Clearwater, and I asked that my eggs be cooked in butter. I'm not saying butter is the all-in everything health product, but it's not an extracted oil process with chemical solvents in it, right? And I said, please cook my eggs in butter. And they said, okay, we'll do that. Well, they came out as slippery as grease, and I knew they'd been cooked in canola oil. So I said to the waiter, did you ask them to cook them in butter? He goes, no, they cooked them in canola oil. And I said, well, as every other human being on this planet is, I am allergic, as I told you, to canola oil. I cannot have it. I'm going to go ahead and go to the room and eat some boiled eggs because I knew I couldn't trust the waiter. So I then went and complained to the front desk, and I said, you know, why in the world are we doing this and cooking stuff in canola oil? It's, it's as simple as asking is what it is. What do you cook your eggs in? What do you cook your food in? Omega-6 and inflammation. Vegetable oils are high in omega-6 acids, especially linoleic acid, which is a precursor to pro-inflammatory eicosanoids. These molecules can cause chronic inflammation and contribute to autoimmune diseases. The excessive consumption of omega-6 without the balance of omega-3 can exacerbate these health issues. They also have been linked to oxidative stress and cancer. Studies have shown that diets high in vegetable oil, particularly linoleic acid, lead to oxidative stress, mitochondrial dysfunction, and genetic damage. These factors are instrumental in promoting cancer, with some studies revealing a fourfold increase in cancer metastases in diets high in these oil. That means you have four fold increase in developing things like breast cancer when you eat these types of oils. Heart disease risk. The Minnesota coronary experiment found that participants who increased their intake of corn oil and margarine had an 86% higher incidence of heart attacks despite lower cholesterol levels. That's I'm telling you, the cholesterol doesn't mean anything if you're eating stuff like this. And the vegetable oil group has significantly higher mortality rate from heart attacks. Cardiovascular deaths. The margarine study revealed that group consuming margarine High at linoleic acid from vegetable oils had a 700% higher rate of strokes, heart attacks, and cardiovascular deaths. That's why I use real butter every single morning with my eggs. Also, what do you think about this? What do you think about these things with these oils and these compounds and these omega-6 fats? And how would we avoid those in our diet? You're 100% accurate on it. Not to mention everything tastes so much better cooked in butter. <laughs> but yes, these oils are designed to cause massive inflammation in the body. They've been shown that now. And as the problem is, is you start to see inflammation build up. We've talked about this before in detail. This is one of the reasons why we recommend the seven-day fasting cleanse with the GHI cleanse and the other nutrients on the front page of the website. It's always a good thing to do once a year, at least once a year, because it allows the body to really detoxify itself 
and get that inflammation under control. Because what happens is people, is they continually eat these really, really bad oils and all these other compounds in conjunction. Excuse me. There's no reduction of inflammation. It continues to build. And you start seeing people come up with severe arthritis and causing all these joint problems and all these liver issues and all these pancreatic problems and all these digestive issues. And then you start having issues with the small intestines and large intestines. And it's because it's continual inflammation that it's never really addressed and it's continually fed. That's why that's spot on with that. As far as eating clean, staying away from those oils, it's crucial. And that's one of the reasons why I don't go out and eat very often at all. I mean, I pretty much cook everything every day. I'm, I'm, I'm meal prep, all stuff at the house. I'm constantly making food all the time. I mean, just yesterday I was in a rush and I found a pack of frozen bison in the freezer. So I cooked that up threw green beans in it, threw a little bit of organic cheese on top. I mean, bison, green beans, and a little bit of organic cheese, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, that's it's very lean, not a lot of carbs at all, but it's very lean. It'll shred you down really fast, but it'll actually give you decent energy because you're getting healthy fats with it, especially in the bison. And then, you know, I'll cook it in a little bit of avocado oil if I want to add some to it, and then you get some of the organic raw cheese and throw it on top. These are kind of foods that actually feed your body. You feel energized, even though you're not eating a bunch of carbohydrates and you're not loading up on junk like that, your body will still have energy and fuel to get through workouts or get through whatever you're training or doing what you're doing. And so it's really crucial to do your research on. That's one of the reasons why, you know, the cookbook that was put together a few years back to eat clean and be healthy is has some fantastic recipes in it and very simplistic things along with other advanced meals if you want to get, you know, wild with it. But it's very simplistic because you don't have to go and make stuff that's so fancy all the time just on a regular basis. I mean, one of the like I said, one of the main meals that I eat on a regular basis is organic chicken with organic rice and green beans or broccoli. It's just staple meal for me. And, you know, a lot of people go, oh, that's boring. I can't eat the same thing all the time. I get that. But on the other hand, too, are you eating to continually be entertained with your food all the time? Or are you eating because it's a necessity that your body needs as fuel on a regular basis? You know, it's just concept because I think so many times now when it comes to either drinking water or fluids intake and food, we've got this concept a lot of times, especially in America, that we have to be constantly entertained with those items. You know, the water's got to be sweet. It's got to be bubbly. and It's got to have a flavor to it. And I got to have this food and I got to have this sauce on it. And I need to have, you know, ranch, which is almost always, always soybean oil. That's been one of my biggest pet peeves for years is I've never been able to find a decent ranch salad dressing without soybean oil in most cases. There's a few of them that I found on the market, these avocado oil. They don't taste very good, I'll be honest with you. <clears throat> but then you deal with these ones where the ones that actually you've tried before, you look at the ingredient list on them, they're all, all of them are like first ingredient soybean oil. I mean, the whole, the whole product is straight soybean oil. And they add all the stuff to it with ranch. Now you can make your own, which actually does pretty well. I've tried that before. You know, mix up your own and kind of put your own together. But the soybean oil, canola oil, Bad stuff, stay away from it. Absolutely no reason to be putting that stuff in your body, especially knowingly. You know, I mean, I get it. Sometimes you may be out and about, or you may not be able to get information like Dad was talking about, when you, you know, cooking food or you're requesting it. But at the end of the day, the best thing, saving money and actually eating clean, it's meal prepping in the house and having meals every single day and being able to keep a, an eye on what you're actually intaking and eating on a regular basis. So I would throw that out there, add on to that. Also, to another news, this is interesting now, a new synthetic dairy product to replace milk is allegedly out on the market now. This is milk made from genetically engineered yeast and is being touted as environmentally friendly health food that will replace real milk from cows and other animals, you know, because 
well, we got to save the planet. You know, you can't be having these cows walking around. And bro, I remember yesterday, Breitbart put the article out, you know, one of the biggest contributors to, you know, global warming and the environment falling apart is all the peasants are breathing too much air. You know, you can't, can't be breathing air peasants. You gotta stop that. Don't, don't, don't be breathing. Don't breathe. hold your breath. Don't breathe. This stupid stuff they come up with. And it, what it does though, is it gives them an excuse to produce this debacle, this just disgusting nastiness that they're rolling out. They said along in this article right here, it said along with missing important micronutrients that are abundant in real milk, this fake milk contains compounds that have never even existed apparently in the human diet. And this article here goes into detail that there's over 92 mysterious unknown compounds that were detected in this fake milk that does not exist in real milk. None of the compounds have been tested for safety by the FDA. And what's crazy about this is they wanted to say here, this a lot of these items that they're putting in here, they said one potential reason that these are loaded with beta carotene is never comes alone in plants. About 400 molecules are always present with it, and this is like a manipulated version of these ingredients that they're putting in here. And it goes on to say further here that there's some of these items that they have with the 92 compounds, there's just like straight synthetic chemicals. They're like biolab synthetic compounds that they're putting in this milk to make it taste good. And they said here the scientists can't obviously create something that's as good as natural, raw, certified cow's milk. So they're coming up with this concept that essentially we can just start lab making everything, even though this stuff is unbelievably toxic to the human body when you start looking at these ingredients. The same thing they're coming out now with fake eggs, like actual – I don't mean powdered eggs. I mean crackable white alleged chicken eggs that are completely synthetic. You crack them open and it's a, a plant-based, allegedly plant-based with soy-based protein that looks like an egg yolk with egg white when you crack the egg. Oh yeah, that, by the way, Bill Gates is all behind that as far as rolling that out as well. What they're trying to do is they're trying to take the concept of being able to eat these superfoods that essentially were put on this earth by God Almighty to feed us. I mean, this wasn't an accident. These animals and these plants that have been around for Thousands and thousands and thousands of years weren't here by accident. They produce certain foods and certain compounds that are extremely healthy for the human body and keep our immune system strong, keep our body strong, keep our muscle tissue strong. But again, the banker boys and all the ones that are behind the synthetic nonsense and this push to essentially ban everything that's healthy, they know that people that are more sick that are in the hospital more often, that are on more drugs, that are not on any type of good, healthy food, are going to be in worse shape. And people that are in worse shape are more susceptible to essentially doing what they're told because, well, put it frank, when you don't feel good, you got sick, you got, you know, you got the flu or something, you're on the couch laid up, you don't really want to do much of anything. Honestly, you don't, you're not in the mood to go get a fight. You're not combative. You're like, dude, I just want to feel better. I want this stuff gone. I take my vitamins and get over this, and you're done. Well, they know this. So the concept of keeping people sick and feeding them these toxic foods, and like it's now this, this bio milk that's from genetically engineered yeast, it's all oh, plant based, it's safe and effective. You know, I'm so sick of hearing that. But again, that's why you really got to do your research on what you're actually eating and what you're putting in your body, because a lot of this stuff is coming out here, and people are starting to realize that this is not a joke. These foods are rolling out, whether we want them or not, whether anybody's even demanding them or not. These companies, that a lot of them are backed by BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, and are pushing this ESG score concept, basically this environmental concept. They're getting funding from the government. They're getting money from the government. They're getting these huge grants from the government. And it's funny to me how 
you don't see any type of government grants, big government grants for organic farming in most cases or organic chickens, organic cattle. Never see big subsidies for that. Never see big federal grants. You may have some backing or some money they can get from the USDA, but for the most part, you don't see these massive, massive push from cash injections into all these different areas that are really important and healthy for the environment and also for the population. Just something to throw out there. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting. Stephen Kirsch basically is just discussing a vaccine damage data being deliberately hidden. I was reading some more articles here now, and he's the executive director of the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation. And essentially, he said, we're calling for data transparency, and we want the data to be made public. He pointed out the number of daily deaths among people injected with the COVID-19 vaccine has gone up, not down. He said the slope is supposed to go down, obviously, with a vaccine uptake. This is the law of gravity. When you defy the law of gravity, it means you have a killing machine. And he goes into detail talking about how the corporate media is now going through all types of excuses for these excess deaths caused by a vaccine since 2021. And essentially now they're just doing damage control, stating anything and everything now is just at random. Right? I told you guys about the different articles. It was like a big meme. I posted on the website last year, and it was all these different headlines. Oh, taking a nap on the couch may lead to increased risk of heart attack. Children playing video games may increase the risk of myocarditis. Doing yard work may increase your risk of stroke and heart attack. It was all these crazy sublines and headlines. And I'm looking at them like, this is bizarre. And that's exactly what the mainstream media is doing, though, is they're doing damage control to try to justify what everybody is seeing, what reality is actually happening. And then simply going, oh, nothing to see here. This is just normal. But again, you know, Steve's got a very valid point. If you actually had a vaccine that was safe and effective, you had a vaccine that was actually working, why would you see these excess death rates continue to go up after the vaccine has been administered if the entire purpose of the alleged vaccine is to save people and protect people? Why is the death rate going up? And the answer is because it was never designed to save people or be effective. It was designed to be a bioweapon, exactly what it was when DARPA started developing RNA gene therapy technology in 2012. This was not a vaccine. This was a gene therapy population reduction tool. The more you do research, the more you find out why. And that's why we have the spike protein survival kit that's been so effective with people that are trying to maintain healthy cardiovascular functioning with the natokinase, the N-acetylcysteine, and the vitamin E. Those three go together really, really good in maintaining basically the cardiovascular health keeping the blood viscosity thinner and also preventing blood clots in the body. So if you're curious or you need any information on that, be sure to give us a call or you can check it out the website. But the Spike Protein Survival Kit has been very popular and it works great. And so continue to get the truth and continue to encourage people to do their research on this topic, especially this topic, Dad. What do you think? You know, Austin, I'm going to just – I've learned something here about the, about the, about the vaccine. I've learned that people that take the vaccine start to lose cognitive ability in many cases if they've got the, if, if, if they've had multiple boosters. And I've seen that personally now with people that make really, really bad choices and really bad decisions after they've been vaccinated. And I've used this analogy before. And I'm going to use it again. In that movie, 2001, A Space Odyssey, was, which was probably Stanley Kubrick's finest movie. I still don't understand at the end of it, but it's, I, I guess I never will. You know, but the, the, the special effects on that movie were phenomenal, for, considering that movie was done back in the 60s. And what was interesting about it was, you know, at the end, you know, this computer called HAL is, is basically killing everybody on the spaceship. 
and actually locked Dave out, you know, and left him out in space to die. And then he used an emergency airlock entry and came into that. And, you know, some people say that it was Stanley Kubrick who actually filmed the fake scenes of the Apollo landing for, you know, the moon landing back in the 60s, which I believe that's probably true. Also, thought I'd mention that in passing. Here's a little quick trip to give you guys to think about it in memory lane. But the truth is, when this computer system started to destroy and kill everything, Dave got in, got into its brain system where it had all of these modules and he started unplugging the modules, unplugging them, unplugging them. And, you know, Hal can't do anything because he's inside of his own brain now. And, you know, Hal's the computer, of course. And then finally, you know, he says, Dave, what are you doing, Dave? Let us, you know, work this out, Dave. And, you know, don't do this to me, Dave. You know, and all of a sudden Hal, after he loses enough modules, starts, you know, like counting backwards and counting forwards or whatever he was doing. And he acts like a little child, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F. And so he was decreasing his cognitive ability by turning the modules off, unplugging the computer system, which Hal could not fix. I have seen the same thing now with the spike proteins and people that have had these injections repeatedly as far as their abilities and their decision-making skills. And you think, you got to be kidding. No, I'm not kidding. I wish I was kidding. You know, human beings have a, are a fickle bunch anyhow, and they have a tendency to make bad choices. But I've seen that when people get these vaccines, it's like turning off their modules. Now, you say, well, how does that happen? Well, this is my theory on this. The spike proteins are like tiny little sand spurs. They get into the blood vessels. Because the body's manufacturing, plus you inject billions of these sand spurs when you take the vaccine to start with. And it's like putting, you know, sand, you know, or sand spurs into your bloodstream. And as they get into the smaller and smaller arteries, from the arteries to the arterioles to the capillaries, and then into the individual cells inside of the brain, it's blocking these cells from getting oxygen. And it's doing exactly what Hal did in that movie. And they're reasoning skills are going backwards slowly, 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 and they start making really, really, really bad and poor choices. I've seen it now repeatedly. You think, well, what can you be, what can be done about that? Well, the thing you have to do is you've got to stop telling your cells to manufacture spike proteins. You've got to go in and you've got to start telling them, no, we're not going to do that. So we put together the spike protein survival kit. The problem with all of this is the person whose lights are being turned off, doesn't. they don't realize their lights are being turned off. They still think they're normal. And they, and they start talking about how great the vaccines are, how they want to take more vaccines. They want to take more boosters. And it's kind of like that toxoplasmosis with cats. They start craving the vaccine. Who in the world knows what they're telling you inside of your brain when they're doing this to you as they're shutting off the synapse functions? And they're starving the brain of oxygen as these spike proteins plug up the brain. I don't know. All I know is a nightmare that they've done this to the human population. And all I know is that the only way you're going to have to, 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 to you have to decrease the damage. But, but I've seen this repeatedly now with people that have had this, these vaccines. And, and it's sad to me. It really is. By the way, to change subjects, half of the Buick dealers now in the United States are taking buyouts and giving up their Buick franchises to avoid having to sell GM's electric cars. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Almost half the Buick dealers across the United States have opted to take buyouts from General Motors to avoid to have to sell, sell electric vehicles at a time when consumer reports show that Americans are increasingly turned off by electric cars. According to General Motors, almost a thousand of us, nearly 2,000 Buick dealerships across the U.S. chose to take buyouts from the parent company rather than investing potentially millions into retooling and prepping dealers to service and sell EVs. The buyouts mean that GM will now have to buy back about a thousand Buick dealerships across the nation as the automaker moves forward with adhering to President Joe Biden's nauseating green energy deal. 
you know, this is crazy. It says the Wall Street Journal reports dealers who are taking the buyout would give up the Buick franchise and no longer sell the brand. The journal reported in late 2022 that the automaker planned to offer buyouts to its U.S. Buick dealer network. The move, the move came after the Detroit automaker gave them a choice of investing at least $300,000 to sell and service EV or to exit the Buick franchise. The reality today is, however, the electric vehicle demand is not keeping up with the large influx of EV arriving at our dealerships prompted by current regulations, and the EVs are stacking up on our lots, the car dealers write. I mean, you know, Austin and I have discussed this in depth, and this is not Joe Biden. This is the cabal. Joe Biden is a figurehead. Don't, don't, Joe Biden is the person they put in front of you for you to get mad at. Joe Biden is the absolute blithering moron who likes little children. Ooh, gosh, likes to sniff little girls and all kinds of other weird stuff he's involved in. We've seen it repeatedly in his perverted son, Biden, you know, Hunter Biden. This is the group they put in front of you to hate. Trump is the man they put in front of you for the liberals to hate. It's all about, you know, conquer and divide, divide and conquer, divide and conquer. Joe Biden is no more running the United States of America than, you know, an ostrich is in Africa running the United States of America. He has no input whatsoever on the decision-making process that's being done through Capitol Hill, through the shadow government. He's just being told what to say and what to do to create maximum division. Now, is he a good guy to hate? Well, if you want to hate a senile, senile old man, I guess you could hate him, but he's just a pervert. He's a weirdo. And so the problem with this is, is that this is partisan politics again. It's like Otto Kahn said, and I've never heard anybody else say this on a show. You know, and Otto Kahn said back in the 1920s that the Kabbalist Luciferian Synagogue of Satan Network, I'm paraphrasing that because this is what he said, and that's who he belonged to, controls both sides of the narrative. They control the Republicans and the Democrats, and they turn the world and they hold it by its axis to the force desired outcome. All of this stuff is about the new world order and bringing in the third temple and the Antichrist. That's what it's all about. And again, this is who we are fighting. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against these weirdos and these high places and these other dimensions and these interdimensional entities that are running everything. That's why the Bible is so clear that the power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. That's why they're scared of us. That's why when you start praying and you start really committing your life and your heart to Jesus, these things, these entities don't know what to do. They simply don't. They have no idea what to do. And so that's why it's important that we understand that we have to continue to pray every single day in order to maintain the relationship that we have with God and with Christ and to continue to try to influence world events by our prayers. But that doesn't mean imprecatory prayers. Don't be cursing people in Jesus' name. Don't be doing that. That's completely against the New Testament. You know, last night I was talking to a friend of mine, Ken May. And Ken was interesting last night. I talked to him for about an hour. He, he lives out in Montana now. He, he abandoned Florida a long time ago because he got sick of being out here with the traffic. And he said to me, he goes, I wonder how Jesus would feel about the destruction of Gaza and the murdering of women and children, the innocents in Gaza by the Israeli Defense Force. He says, I wonder how Jesus would feel about that. And I thought about that and I pondered it after Ken's conversation with me. And I thought, you know. Jesus warned us in the book of John who these people were. They were the synagogue of Satan. They were basically following the leadership of their father, the devil, that these people were basically the, the children of the devil. And he warned us and he told us all of this stuff. And the thing that's crazy about all of this stuff is that we have ignored those verses in the Bible as far as in John, as far as on our teaching that we teach in the Bible from the pulpit every day. And we don't want to talk about it. 
But this Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan group it was the same group that came out of Egypt. They were the 70 elders. We've done shows on this that wanted the Israelis, the Israelites that had left Egypt to continue to worship Baal and Moloch and everything else. They were the ones who were responsible for the building of the golden calf and this giant human sacrificial orgy they had when Moses was up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments. The same group goes all the way back to that. And so we understand it goes all the way back to the ancient Canaanite religions beyond that. And so we have to understand who this battle is against. And when we understand that, it becomes crystal clear to us. Let me change subjects again. A fire now has shut down General Motors' electric car plant. Executives blame battery materials. Yeah. Uh, factory Zero plant was temporarily shut down after a fire broke out. The plant produces electric vehicles, which have a history of catching on fire. Though GM executives say battery materials were the cause. Factory Zero, also known as Detroit Ham- Hamrick Assembly, has been had been celebrated by President Joe Biden's administration for its all-electric production. On Tuesday, the plant closed after a fire filled the plant with heavy smoke. By Wednesday, GM executives blamed the fire on a forklift accident and said the plant was up and running. The portions remained closed, according to the Detroit Free Press. The initial investigation indicates a fork that forklift accidentally punctured a container with battery materials, probably lithium, causing fire, said general spokesperson. Among the automaker of the Detroit Free Fire Department said earlier they were continuing to investigate the cause of the fire that occurred in the shipping dock area and involved lithium-ion batteries, like I said. Kunis said that the most, most departments are operational again at the plant, including the vehicle assembly. All others will be notified by their leadership when to return. Safety remains our primary priority here at General Motors. The sad part about this is, is that nobody wants these batteries. Nobody wants these cars. Nobody wants any of these things. Everybody just wants to have a car that gets good fuel mileage and it basically can be dependable. You know, they were car, there were diesel cars in Europe, little, little three-cylinder jobs that would get 80 to 100 miles per gallon. And they knew they had to get rid of diesel technology in order to get the electric cars out there because you get a car that gets 100 miles per gallon, you don't really want an electric vehicle. You know, you put in, you know, 20 gallons of fuel in that kind of car, you're going to get a 2,000-mile range. It's amazing. I remember years ago, Austin and I and a young fellow by the name of Dalton and Sharon, and we all went over to to uh, Ireland, and we and I and I rented a E-class Mercedes with a diesel engine. That car got between 45 and 50 miles per gallon. This is this is 20 years ago. 45 to 50 miles per gallon on on a gallon of fuel. I could not believe how inexpensive it was, even at seven dollars a gallon to run that vehicle. You know, all over Ireland. You know, it was we did to bring a carry with it over there. It, it was a blast, and the car ran great. It was luxurious. I loved it. But they don't want that technology out there. That's why Mercedes and BMW and all these other manufacturers have dropped diesel engines for the passenger vehicles because they got fined. Remember when General Motors, not, not General Motors, remember when Volkswagen, quote unquote, weren't warming up properly and the EPA came in and fined them $20 billion because of their Volkswagens. They had to do a recall on all of the cars and buy them all back. I mean, it was a disaster for, for Volkswagen. I still don't know how they actually handled that and where the money came from. Uh, State Street, BlackRock, Vanguard, Rothschild. Oh, that's right. You had to pay all that back. But the reality is, is this, we have the technology to produce super high efficiency diesel engines, but we don't use it anymore. Also, I've talked about it so many times about how cars and trucks and all these different diesel engines can be so efficient until they start putting, you know, corn cobs up their pipe. And we, we had, I've had four trucks that when you chip them back, you know, 25 years ago when they had that 7.3 diesel, great engine, by the way, best engine that Ford ever produced, million mile engine. When you chip them, they'd get close to 30 miles per gallon without towing anything, just going down the highway at 65 miles an hour. 
Now you're lucky to get 15 miles per hour, 15 gallons, 15 miles per gallon. So you're getting half the fuel miles, you're burning twice the fuel, but you're supposed to be polluting less. But what about the pollution of producing the diesel fuel? What about the pollution of you know, drilling for the diesel fuel? What about the pollution, the pollution of having to transport the diesel fuel with diesel trucks throughout the country to double the fuel mileage to back to where it should have been? Wouldn't that reduce the pollution caused by all these other transport vehicles? Kind of think through this stuff, but they don't want you to think like that. They don't want you to think any of that stuff is okay. By the way, uh, you know, uh, this is an interesting article here for the from Breitbart. It says Chicago aldermen that Biden administration is letting in asylum seekers under false pretenses with court dates. Listen to this court dates for these guys coming in 10 years in advance. Who's going to remember a court date 10 years from now? I mean, yo, you got a court date in 2033. OK, whatever. On Wednesday's broadcast on the Fox News channel, Hannity, Chicago alderman and Democratic U.S. House candidate Raymond Lopez reacted to Mayor Brandon Johnson's attacking Governor Abbott for sending migrants to the city by stating that the blame should be really on the Biden administration for letting asylum seekers come to this country under false pretenses, giving them court cases 10 years from now. Well, the reason that this 10 years from now is because the courts are overloaded with literally millions, millions of applications now for asylum, millions, because we're letting them in by the millions. So this goes back to the old adage. You guys have heard this before. All of a sudden, you drive down the highway and you see dead bodies floating in the river, floating down the river. And you're like, you're like, well, where are all these dead bodies coming from? This is a morbid story for Christmas, but I'm going to tell it anyhow. And finally, you realize up ahead that the bridge is out. People don't know what's out. It's foggy, and everybody's going over the edge of the bridge and plunging into the water, and their corpses are floating downstream. And suddenly you go, wait a minute, why don't we just close the bridge? Why don't we just put a barrier up to stop this? Duh, yeah, how about that? Instead of trying to pull the bodies out. This is exactly this cause effect that they're doing now with what they've done with this asylum mess. We've got millions and millions and millions of people that are being pushed through the borders, completely unvetted, being given years and years and years of advance. Doesn't it make sense just to shut the bridge down? Doesn't it make sense to say, you know, let's not do this anymore? This is crazy. How about we just stop the flow of millions of migrants into the country until we can sort this mess out? How about we put up a border wall? How about we put up a real border wall using active denial systems? How about we make sure there's no tunnels anywhere? We know where they all are. The government uses these tunnels, the CIA does, to run drugs into the United States because 20 to 30 percent of the population of the United States likes their drugs. So they figure they might as well be in on it to fund their black ops rather than trying to stop it, if as long as Americans want to use drugs. And from some kind of circular reasoning thing, I guess they could justify that in their mind. And if you, if you want to watch that, you can watch that one movie, Sicario. Now, the only kids watch that movie is really, really graphic. Uh, but, you, you know, it talks about this, about the CIA is involved in drug trafficking. They've been doing that since the 60s because it funds, it funds black operations. And the sad part about it is it's like our government's in the drug business. It's also in the child trafficking business. You see all of these different stations now, all these different places coming across the border, and we see children are being trafficked into government institutions and never being heard from again. It, it, it never, ever ends. The country has gotten so corrupt because of this, it's absolutely blowing my mind that we're actually involved in this stuff, and we talk about it. Uh, by the way, one more quick thing. A lot of women have been trying to get pregnant. They've waited until they were later in life to get pregnant, and they're having a hard time getting pregnant. Following the Mediterranean diet now is boosting a woman's chance of having a baby. Fertility expert Professor Roger Hart said the Mediterranean diet helps embryos develop. It's all women attempting to conceive should be taking, you know, folate supplements, folate supplements, he says, and read more 
as far as how he goes on, this, I'm going to let you read this article. When it comes to, try, to trying for a baby, there are plenty of tips and tricks that promise to boost the chance of conceiving. But rather than turning to, you know, these weird ideas, women going to IEF should adopt the Mediterranean diet to improve their chances of having a baby, according to an expert. Professor Roger Hart of Family Special University of Western Australia reviewed all the evidence for popular nutritional supplements and diet thought to improve IVF success. Now, I'm going to read, I'm going to post the rest of this article, and it's talking about interest in, in, in vitro fertilization, which has become very, very common now. And I'm very familiar with that particular type of process because my wife, Sharon, had to do that when she was basically, in the, she had become infertile because I personally believe her mom would take a diethylsilbestrol when she was pregnant with her. So I know a lot about IVF. It's very expensive. Usually insurance doesn't cover it. The whole key here is this. If you're going to have a human body that's going to host an embryo, you need to make sure that the human body is absolutely as healthy as it can possibly be in advance of becoming pregnant. In other words, you should be on supplements for at least six months before you try to get pregnant and make sure you take high amounts of folate and B vitamins and omega-3 fats in the last trimester to ensure a super healthy baby. Just thought I'd mention that. Guys, always keep your hearts and minds in Christ and always remember that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us and always put him first in all the areas of our life. I love you guys. I love praying for you. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing that I always recommend, especially with, you know, expecting mothers or, if you know, families looking at having babies, it's always, in my opinion, always a great idea to start on prenatals early and make sure you're doing essentially, you know, pre-pregnancy nutrition, so to speak, really loading up on supplements, getting blood work possibly if you need it, making sure your D3 levels are where they need to be. Because you got nine months, nine months. I mean, you could do anything for nine months, you know, and that's why Lana's always encouraged a lot of new moms and stuff, you know, when they get pregnant is that to make sure you're trying to maintain the cleanest diet you possibly can. You're making sure you're staying away from fluoride. You're staying away from toxic chemicals and compounds, staying away from, you know, basically bad or nasty, you know, different types of makeup or hair products or cleaning products, just cutting all that stuff out. You know, you got nine months to do the job and basically those nine months can play a crucial role in how that baby develops and how he basically is how his health is and everything else going on for the rest of his life. And so, yeah, pre-pregnancy nutrition, highly recommended, making sure you're loading up on omega-3s, the folate, the D3, and the other nutrients like the um, um, ultimate prenatals on a regular basis because it's really, really important. And also post-pregnancy going into um, um, breastfeeding. If you're going to breastfeed, it's always make sure you're taking proper nutrients and staying on those prenatals as well to keep the nutrients as high as possible for that little baby that's being fed essentially growing every single day and speaking of clean water and whatnot there's another article that just came out now and it goes into detail on how dehydration may be linked to two unexpected diseases and it says here dehydration is usually linked to blood pressure issues heart rate headaches and essentially they're saying that you know without water which i've said this before adults can only survive about three days that makes sense given that adults body is between 55 and 60 percent water water is so important for so many different bodily functions and organs including the brain when the brain is hydrated brain cells aren't able to work properly dehydration forces the brain to work harder than usual to perform tasks additionally dehydration to volume changes the brain and brain ventric uh, ventricles. Dehydration in older people is considered a common occurrence. It's been reported 17 to 28% of older adults are chronically dehydrated. Dehydration causes illness and failure to drink enough water, losing water through sweat, vomiting, diarrhea, dehydration, other aspects can cause serious problems. Getting dehydrated is easier than you think. Just a 1.5% decrease in body weight 
for adults weighing 150 pounds due to inadequate water consumption or water loss can result in mild dehydration. A lack of adequate water in the body's cells and blood vessels can cause an assortment of unpleasant symptoms. Being, dehy- being dehydrated <coughs> excuse me, can also increase your risk of depression. This talks about here in the article. One study demonstrated an inverse relationship between drinking water and depression. Researchers discovered that people who drink five glasses or more of water a day were at much lower risk of depression and anxiety. Alternatively, people drinking less than two glasses a day doubled their risk of depression and anxiety. That's pretty serious issue, guys. Depression is related to low levels of serotonin, and essentially serotonin is generated from the amino acid tryptophan. If enough water isn't present in the brain, the tryptophan cannot cross the blood-brain barrier, which is a network of blood vessels and tissues that make up closely spaced cells and help keep harmful substances from reaching the brain. And so this, again, is another reason, too, why we always recommend the uh, 5-HTP which also helps out with serotonin production. And so I've constantly always encouraged people. It's one of the first things that I talk to people about, whether they're trying to fix an ailment, whether they're having energy problems, whether they're having whatever it may be. One of my first questions I always ask is, what is your current water intake of purified water every single day? And invariably, almost every time when I ask that question, when somebody's having a lot of health problems, they go, well, I don't know. I drink a couple glasses a day. I said, you have no idea at all how much water you drink a day. Just, no. I said, okay. You know, the, the best rule of thumb is half your body weight in fluid ounces. So if you weigh 200 pounds, 100 ounces is a really good rule of thumb to stick at on a regular basis as far as for water intake. Now, obviously, if you're outside working more and you're basically super uh, you know, sweating super hard out in the sun, you need to increase that. And you also need to make sure you're getting proper minerals. That's one of the reasons why the ultimate multiple is such a good stack on a regular basis. And also to the Aquatrace formula, we always add that to the water we have in the distillation systems to make sure you're getting proper mineral balance in the body. That you know, making sure you're getting clean water is also crucial. If you're drinking a bunch of contaminated water with, with fluoride and you know chlorine and all these other compounds in it, that's also detrimental to the body. So again, one of these things to really look at and dehydration is so important to really understand because so many people are chronically dehydrated, which can lead to poor sleep, anxiety, depression, like I mentioned earlier. Also increases the risk of cortisol, which can cause more anxieties and stress hormone. That's one of the reasons why we put together the cortisol buster formula a couple years back, and it works so well for customers and family and everyone that essentially wants to try to keep their cortisol levels reduced if they're under a lot of stress. That's another really, really popular product that we have, and like I said, it's one of our top-selling products. I take it on a regular basis, and a lot of other people do as well. Cortisol buster stacked with 5-HTP, also throwing some omega-3 fats and the B-complex, those right there can do wonders in helping to increase your body's production of natural you know, hormones and also maintain overall health, especially when you stack it with adequate hydration in the body. So just something I thought I would throw out there as well. Also, too, this is interesting and kind of a sign to the time where the banker boys are wanting to make sure that they can continually enslave everybody as they can. Buy now, pay later loans are surging in popularity. They said now self-checkout kiosks that are buy now, pay later have been added to a loans for basic items. This buy here, pay here, essentially from Affirm is the company that does this, announced Tuesday they've expanded to self-checkout kiosks at 4,500 Walmart 
stores. Customers can purchase electronics, apparel, toys, and many other items except groceries by spreading payments out from three months to 24 months. And this is all about debt enslavement. What's happened is now the interest rates have gone up significantly. So credit card debt and interest debt on interest on credit cards has exploded. The bankers knew this. They love doing this. They plan this entire thing out. That's why they pumped so much money in the market during COVID. They became insanely wealthy. Oh, we have inflation now because we dumped $7 trillion in the market. We've got to raise interest rates and now make an absolute killing on every facet of debt now. It was, the whole thing was planned from the very beginning. They knew exactly what they were going to do. So be cautious with these things. I'm not saying don't use this if you need that or you're trying to buy something as far as buy now, pay later, but just be cautious with using that stuff because a lot of these times, these companies that do this, they're predatory lenders. They have enormously high interest rates they put on these loans, especially if they're small loans, and they can make it very difficult for people to pay back in some cases, especially if there's you know 29% interest in crazy stuff stuff like that on there. So be cautious before getting involved with some of these debt aspects that the banker boys are trying to get everybody involved in. So thank you again, my friends, for getting the truth out there every single day. Thank you for staying strong and speaking the truth. I encourage you guys all to do that on a regular basis. If you need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com, the product of the week, the magnesium brain food, one of the, the one and only formula, incredibly effective, great for the brains. Remember, that's got the magnesium theanate in it, which directly goes through the blood-brain barrier that we just talked about. So it really supports overall brain health, cognitive functioning, and also can increase hydration because magnesium is so important in the body to take on a regular basis. So be sure to check it out right now on sale for over 15% off on the website at healthmasters.com and check out all the other sales we have on the front page right now. Thank you for the support. Y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome night, and we'll talk to you again on this show tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.